Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Good evening, Minister Jola. Thank you very much for the very warm welcome. Thank you, everyone. Can we raise our hands to the heavens wherever we are and acknowledge His grace, His love, His kindness, His mercy over us? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Can we just thank Him? Can we love upon Him? Can we celebrate Him? Let's appreciate Jesus. Let's glorify Him. He's the Savior of the body. He's the head of the church. He's before all things, and by Him all things consist. Is the express image of the Father. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. In Him there is life. In Him there is light. In Him there is love. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, the executor of the divine mandates. Lord, we are grateful that we have made it this far in the year 2024. Is testament and proof of your grace and your mercy towards us. Lord, we're grateful. Uh, Father, we thank you. Lamentations 3, I believe 23 says, that if not for the mercies of the Lord, we would have been consumed a long, long time ago. We are not here because the devil stared us. We are here because the Lord preserved us. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you all the glory. For in Jesus' precious name, we have worshipped. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you for your divine presence in our midst tonight. We thank you, Father, because we believe that where two or more people are gathered, there you are in their midst. Thank you, Father, because right here with us, you are here. You are here, and we know that in, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Lord, we pray that as we get into your word tonight, we ask for an outbreak of revelation knowledge that our hearts are open to receive your word in no small measure in no diluted measure but in concentrated forms and we ask that you holy spirit will expand these words in our hearts until it provides us illumination revelation clarity understanding everyone of everyone under the sound of my voice is blessed edified strengthened encouraged instructed right through the teaching of god's word and the ministration of the holy spirit as i speak tonight let no corrupt communication proceed out of my mouth without which is useful for edification unto all the hearers whether by those who are here presently or those who we hear through other means after now thank you sweet holy spirit we give you praise and we give you glory for in jesus precious name we have prayed can i see some bold amens in the comment section in the comment section can you can you put some really bold amens there because amen means so shall it be. We believe, we agree. So it is to me here and now. Hallelujah. Glory, glory to Jesus forever. Lord, we're grateful. Lord, we're grateful. It's it's a great privilege to be here again to share God's word with you. Um, and what we're going to be sharing tonight is really powerful. Something that I would really love for us to pay a lot of attention to as we listen in praise the name of the lord all right um the title of today's teaching is how to receive god's word how to receive god's word how to receive god's word hallelujah 
All right. What is God's word? Can someone put it in the chat room? What is God's word? I'd like to just take a few minutes to to get our understandings, our respective understandings about what God's word is. Can I see some feedback? What is God's word? What is God's word to you? What is God's word to you? What is God's word to you? Quickly, quickly. We have some way to go. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, Ella says, God's thoughts communicated to us. Powerful. You see, sometimes until you define something, you may not even know that you don't understand it. You know? You may just be hearing from a lot of people that, oh, this thing is important, this thing is good, this thing is nice. But what is this thing? And why is it important to me and for me to understand what it means? You may never be able to articulate it until you have learned to define things. Definitions are very powerful. They provide the boundaries of understanding. They provide the portal through which a particular entity, a particular subject, a particular concept can be explored. Because without a definition, I don't know what it is. I can't even explore into deeper dimensions because there's no portal to enter through. The definition is the entry into that space where you can then explore and ex excavate more dimensions from a particular concept or subject matter. All right, I see a compass inspired counsel from God through man to man. Ah, ah that's deep. <laughs> inspired counsel from God through man to man. Powerful. Uh, I see here instructions, very powerful instructions. So imagine the person that sees God's word as an instruction or as, as a material for instruction will have a disposition of obedience, submission, humility, because the person sees God's word as a book containing instructions. So how you define God's word to you will determine perhaps your disposition to that word. Someone who sees God's word like Rosemary as a compass will see it as something you use to navigate. And then it would also help you understand that even when you make errors, when you make mistakes, you can always reroute yourself back to the right path. So it gives you a broader perspective to what God's word can do. How you define God's word matters. God's word is the expression of his heart. I like that. It is his thoughts towards you. He is expressing himself through his word to you. Um, the articulation of the life of God to me. Wow, that's powerful the articulation of the life of god that means god's life can be articulated it can become verbalized it can be communicated through words powerful god's manual for my existence as his creation that's so powerful god's manual for my existence that means outside of god's word i'll malfunction <laughs> but it's god's manual for my existence as his creation god's word is god's heart communicated to me through different means and vessels powerful god's heart communicated to me through different means and vessels god's word is the scripture interesting that's another word for god's word the scripture hallelujah how you define god's word okay so that's that's uh hobbs doing the thing um i believe you can still hear me malachi says he lost audio i hope you can hear me now please confirm that you can hear me God's word is his will and thought expressed to my thought. All right. Until you define that. Okay. Okay. Looks like I'm, I'm reading some 
quotes okay god's word is his being to me god's word is my easiest access to knowing him and hearing from him i don't have to be confused or lost or he at a or at a disadvantage because i can't hear him powerful praise the name of the lord okay you can't seem to hear me okay some can hear me though um uh, minister jola okay we can hear you okay okay i thought i saw we can't okay great you can hear me great thank you all right god's word is where i find who i am powerful really powerful thoughts regarding god's word now um now i, I i'm not going to define god's word to you because i believe every single one of those definitions are spot on they're accurate because at the end of the day you must have a relationship with god's word now you know it's possible some people know me in different ways right it's possible someone defines me as you know dami my friend someone calls me pastor dami my pastor someone calls me um mr dami my manager you know somebody else calls me you know dami my you know my protege you see that someone else calls me um you know coach dami for example as a coach as a mentor now each of those people have defined me to the degree of their relationship all right there's no use all right um tiara forcing her definition of me on someone else who is not fathered by me there's no point to it because i mean to what end really so my point is it's good that you have a personal working definition about what god's word is to you that's important however today i'll be sharing with you all right why god's word is so important all right why it's so important to god all right and um what he has then done with that important thing that is so important to him what he has done with it especially with respect to us and then how to receive it i believe those informations are very very important to us understanding clearly how to receive from god now god's word is the most important substance in all of the world i need us to pay attention all right and you may give me about 20 extra minutes beyond eight so that we can do some justice to this teaching i hope that's fine now god's word is the most important substance in all of the world it is the creator of the fabric of the world that is every single thing you see today is either a direct descendant from god's word or a secondary descendant from god's word or a tertiary descendant from god's word that is there is absolutely nothing you see in the world today if you deconstruct and backwardly integrate the root cause the root source of that material was produced inherently by the word of god so the word of god is that which is the precondition for everything that exists the bible says that he is before all things he said he is before all things and by him all things consist praise the name of the lord he is before all things and by him all things exist and consist it means colossians 1 17 before him there was nothing that existed he said before all things he was that is, is the precondition for life and for existence he is before all things and by him all things consist and all things exist praise the name of the lord 
if God ever had a secret formula, if God ever had a secret recipe, if God ever had a trade secret, it is God's word. Praise the name of the Lord. If God ever had anything he needed to protect with all of his power and all of his might and ensure that nobody else has access to it, it has to be God's word. Because God's word is literally everything that he can possibly be. Because God's word is God. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners in time past, spake to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. That means this thing starts before any other thing can continue. He is the heir of all things. And Bible says, by whom also he made the world. He, again, is the brightness of his glory. It's like saying, you know, Christ is the light of light. It's like the brightness of light. You know, when the bulb is lit, that brightness inside the light, he's saying that Christ is the brightness of God's glory. When there is no brightness, there is no glory. So there is no glory of God without Jesus, who is the brightness of his glory. You separate the brightness from the glory, you have no glory anymore. Because Christ is the brightness of his glory and it says the express communication the express image of his person it says upholding all things by the word of his power so if god ever had a secret formula if god ever had a trade secret if god ever had a secret recipe one that he must shield from access or from other people accessing it it has got to be god's word now, people are mostly protective of their trade secrets because it typically is their leverage in the market. That's the only way they can have any form of competitive advantage if they have some you know, secret formula, some secret recipe, some trade secret that they are using to do their business that gives them an edge in the market. Like Coca-Cola, you understand? Like what you are putting in that product that makes it taste differently from any other product in the market and gives you some form of an advantage and an edge relative to other competitors in the market. That is your trade secret. And that is the thing that God's word is to God. It's almost like when you give out your trade secrets, you have literally given out your business. You you have let it go there's nothing left because it's going to be duplicated it's going to be cannibalized and people are going to have it everywhere so there will be nothing unique about your product anymore and there will be no reason why people should buy your product over and above other products because other products now have your taste do you see so you have literally eliminated yourself from the market space all right so people are very very protective of their trade secrets all right but here is god which is incredible all right he shares his straight secret with us and says that we can have exactly what he has that is beautiful that is amazing all right that already tells you that see god loves you the fact that he will give you his word is testament of the fact that he actually loves you he has a deep-seated form of you know love and affection for you that everything that makes him him everything that makes god god his godness is his word his godness is his word you remove his word from him he does not have any brightness anymore to his glory and that means there is no glory there is no 
there is no expression to himself because he's the express image of his person he is the manifestation of his personality god's word is the description and explanation to god that is what god's word is and so god is not just keeping his own trade secret secret he is going to release it to you that is remarkable that god loves you so much he will give you his word powerful and what does that give us? It gives us capacity to be able to do what he can do. It gives us capacity to be able to produce what he can produce. It gives us the ability to be able to replicate his results. Hallelujah. Only love can explain why God will give us his word. Only love can explain it. Only love can explain it. Hallelujah. All right. Bible even says in Psalms 138 and verse 2 that he has exalted his word above all his name. Imagine the level, the pristine levels that God's word occupies in the realm of the, of the spirit, in the heavenly places. Where God's God word occupies is such a stratosphere that nothing else can touch. Imagine, even God's name is not on the same level with God's word. God's word is higher than every single thing in the economy of God. So when God's word is talking, that is the fullness of the manifestation of the Godhead manifesting in its rawest form. That is God's word. He has exalted his word above not just some of his names, not many of his names, all of his names. He has exalted God's word above all of his name. That's powerful. So there's nothing more important in all of the universe than the word of God. Hallelujah. Listen, if the whole earth should go into smoke, all right, that is everything is folded up like a garment, like the scripture already told us. That is every single thing in this world is wiped out and everything goes back to what it was in Genesis 1-2. Alright, without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep and everything goes back to absolute chaos. Give God six days. That is all he needs. Give God just six days. He will recreate every single dimension of life back. And what he will use is his word. So that means you remove God's word from him. He has the capacity to do anything. And you remove everything from him. And you keep him with his word. His word will reproduce every single thing. And perhaps even better than it was when you took them away. Because God's word is the precondition for the life of God. Hallelujah. There is nothing God can infuse with his life without first speaking his word. How God cuts covenants is with his word. How he makes an oath is with his word. How he swears is with his word. How he gets into a covenant with a man is not by cutting blood. He doesn't have any blood. Alright, what he does is that he speaks words. Hallelujah. God's word is everything to God. God's word is everything to God in his economy. There is nothing in the world that is more powerful and that is more important to God than his word. You need to believe this with all of your heart. You need to believe what I'm saying to you with all of your heart. Take everything from God, give him six days, everything will be back and better. Because everything God is, his word is. The word of God controls the economy of God. What God can do and what God cannot do is dependent on the word of God. The boundaries of God's possibilities, all right, what is possible, all right, in God is dependent on the word of God. So powerful. 
So when you read John chapter 3 and verse 16, you read, For God so loved the world that he gives them the begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have a lasting life. Perhaps the most popular verse of scripture in all of the world. All right, that verse of scripture is not only referring to the salvation of your soul, even though primarily that is what it is referring to, but by extension, you can draw some parallels between that verse of scripture and other types of salvation that must occur in the universe. So imagine you replace, all right, God's son with God's word. All right, what would you have? For God so loved the world or for God so loved you that he gave his only word that whosoever believes the word should not perish but have everlasting life it is the same way whoever believes in the love of god that he has given through his son will not perish but have everlasting life it's in the same vein that if you believe and receive his word you can create cosmic salvation there is the salvation of the soul but there is also cosmic salvation that is you can you can you can save your financial fortunes you can save your relationships you can save your career you can save your family you can save anything if everything became because god's word spoke if everything was because god's word is if he is before all things and by him all things consist if i receive god's word then i can burst anything i can rearrange arrange anything i can transform anything i can save anything because if i receive god's word if i know how to receive god's word it says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever receives him in the same way whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life if i understand god's word in any situation and i receive that word i can save that situation that situation does not have to perish that situation can receive the life of god because i have received the love of god through the communication of the word of god have you not read in john chapter 1 and verse 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god that the same was with god in the beginning all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of man and the light in darkness and darkness could not comprehend it there was a man sent from god whose name was john when you go down the line you get to verse 14 and the bible says and we beheld him he said that word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace full of the ability of god full of the power of god full of grace full of truth full of righteousness everything about god that is right is in his word full of grace full of truth that is the word we have received in the passing of our lord jesus christ that is the word we have received that word is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person that is the express image of his person. So when God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it's in the same vein saying, the greatest communication of my love towards you is the words that I give unto you. 
So when we say things like how God shows that he loves the people is by sending them God's word. That is exactly what John 3.16 is talking about. When we say that how we know God loves the people is by sending them a man of God that can teach them God's word. That is what he's talking about. Because there is a salvation component you receive at new birth. But there is a continuous salvation you must continue to expose yourself to post the new birth. That renews your soul. That refines your spirit. That transforms your life into the image of Christ. So it's the same love. Only that it's a new level. It's a new phase. It's still the same John 3, 16. For God so loved of you that he gave his only begotten son who happens to be the word of God who is the brightness of his glory and the expression of his person that if you have learned how to receive that word if you learn how to believe that word if you learn how to handle that word nothing around you needs to perish nothing around you needs to go down the drain nothing around you has to be stolen nothing around you has to be subject to degeneracy nothing around you has to be destroyed because the devil comes to steal the kill and to destroy but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly how does he introduce you to life? It is by introducing you to his word. How does he introduce you to his word? It is by speaking that word to you. But you must learn how to receive that word. If you do not learn how to receive that word, everything around you may be subject to degeneracy and you have the word of God, but because you don't learn how to receive it, it looks like God doesn't love you. He loves you, he has given you his word, but the challenge is that you have not learned how to receive that word. You have not learned how to believe that word. You have not learned how to, con you know, engage that word and receive and handle the word of god that's what we're here to learn tonight how do we receive the most important gift that god has ever given to humanity the word of god the word of god hallelujah so i'll be sharing with you 10 things before we get into how to receive it 10 things god's word means to god <laughs> So that you know that, see, remove this thing from God and you don't have any God. All right? For saying God, this thing is established forever. Forever, oh God. Your word is settled in heaven. It is settled. Nothing can shake it. Circumstances and situations cannot shake it. Vicissitudes of life cannot shake it. Politics and governance cannot shake it. The economy cannot shake it. Whatever is going on on earth cannot shake it. For Oh God, your word is settled in a dispensation called heavens. It is settled. It is settled. It is settled. Thank God God's word is settled. Thank God God's word is settled. And so these are the things God's word means to God. All right. These are the things he uses God's word to do. These are the things that God's word means to God. All right. This is the importance of God's word to God. All right, number one, God creates with his word. God creates with his word. Genesis chapter one and verse one, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This is really powerful. That the very first activity we find about God in the whole of scripture is that he creates, is that he creates. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And there's something happened to the earth and the earth was without form and void. Nothing touched the heavens, but something happened to the earth that the earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And then the Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. So how God creates, recreates, reconforms, reconfigures, reconstructs is with his word. How he creates is with his word. I already read out John chapter 1 from verse 1 to 3. 
all right in that beginning was the word and the word was with god and that word was really god all right that word was god so god creates with his word and that tells you listen to this listen to this if a if anything gets taken out of your life taken from you as long as you have god's word you can recreate it you can recreate it god does not moan groan gripe and complain about the earth that is without form and void the first opportunity god had in the word in the word of god was to complain and you've got to be very careful because every time you complain you negate the creative power of god's word in fact all you're doing is that you're converting that creative power into death because bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue it says the day that love it shall eat the fruit thereof you must be willing to create with your words much more than you are willing to eat with your mouth you must be willing to use your mouth to create god's word or to speak god's word creatively then you are willing to use your mouth to eat you must exercise your mouth unto godliness by creating possibilities and dimensions with the spoken word of god much more than you are all right super familiar with the earthly function of the mouth which is to eat but the spiritual and supernatural function of the mouth is to speak god's word and that's the fundamental right that your mouth has it is to at least give each god's word to speak that is the first right it has. The right to speak God's word like God does. The right to speak God's word. So if you don't read your Bible, you are abusing your mouth. If you don't put God's word in your heart so that your mouth can have something to speak forth, you are abusing that mouth. It is the first right your mouth has to speak God's word like God does. That's the first right your mouth possesses. And every time you let your mouth run right, say stuff that it was not supposed to say, say things, that are not consistent with God's word, you are abusing your mouth. And that, that way you are also abusing your life. And so the very first thing we see about God is that he creates with his word. It doesn't matter what you take from God, he can recreate it all over again. In fact, sometimes he put it in the context of time. He could have as well done everything in one second, in one millisecond. His word has potential and possibilities that your mind could never possibly grapple with, even if he gave it all of eternity to figure it out. You could never possibly figure out the powers and the potential inside God's word. It's too incredible for your mind to figure out. That is what God's word can do. It can create absolutely everything out of absolutely nothing. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, Bible says, so by faith we understand that the world is framed by the word of God, that the things which are seen were not made out of things that did appear. And so that you have seen something means it is inferior. You need to believe that with all your heart, that whatever you can see is inferior. Whatever you can see is inferior. That which you do not see is superior. That which you do not see is superior. So you may have seen the report, it makes it inferior. You may have seen that thing, it makes it inferior. Whatever can be stolen is inferior. Whatever can be damaged is inferior. There is something that is superior to all of life. It is the word of God that produces the life. It's the parent life. It's the parent life. Whatever can be stolen, damaged, all right, and uh, vandalized is inferior. Whatever can be seen is subject to degeneracy. While we look at the things that are seen, hallelujah. But are the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They are subject to degeneracy. They are subject to vanity. They are subject to corruption. But that which you do not see is eternal. You've got to see something to damage it. Aye. The word of God stays in that realm where nothing can touch it. Higher. But it's touching everything. Hallelujah. 
the word of God. It creates the very force of life itself. The very force of life. The word of God is the creative ability of God. The word of God is the creative ability of God. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. John chapter 1 and verse 1 to 3. All right, praise the name of the Lord. Genesis 1, 1 to 3 as well. All right, the number two, God heals with his word. God repairs with his word. God adjusts, because that's what it means to heal, to repair, to get back the, the original thing back into shape, all right? God heals with his word. Psalms 107 and verse 20, the Bible said he sent his word. And that is really remarkable that God's word can be sent. Now, it's not part of my list, but it's just an amazing thought that is inherent in Psalms 107 verse 20, that God can send his word. Word, and it's powerful, isn't it? That the same way God sent his only begotten son, God can send his word. Hallelujah. And you know where he sent it from? He sent it from the constellations. He sent it from the heavenly places. He sent it from heaven, his throne. Bible says he sent his word. And the word went and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. What does that tell you? The distance between heaven and earth. Oh, I can I can I, I can guarantee it. The distance between heaven and earth is far more in seven gazillion times more than any distance between any two points on earth that is if God's word can travel from heaven to earth hallelujah it can travel from any part of the earth to any part of the earth it is God's word we are talking about it can become your extension you don't have to be there to send your word there this is why our prayers are powerful that I can send my closet and I begin to send words into Kuwait and I can send words into Ukraine I can send words into Russia I can send words into Palestine I can send words into Israel. I can send words to my parents. I can send words anywhere in the world. If God's word can be sent from heaven and it touches the earth, then it can be sent from anywhere within the earth. God sent his word and the word healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. Not from some, not from a few, not from many, but from all their destructions. And it was the sent word. God didn't have to stand from his throne. He just sent it. He just sent it by speaking. Jesus did not have to go get a tractor. He didn't have to go get some type of demonic fertilizers or, or chemicals to destroy that tree. He just spoke the word only. He sent his word. He sent his word. So God heals with his word. God heals with his word. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. God delivers with his word. God delivers with his word. Luke chapter 11 verse 20. The Bible says, If I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. If I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Then how do I know what the finger of God is? Matthew Chapter 8 and verse 16, Bible says, when the even time was come, they brought many that were possessed of devils unto him. And Bible said, he cast them out with his word. So how he cast out devils, all right, was not with any form of substance or material or exercise. All he did was to speak the word. And the Bible says in Luke 11 verse 20, that all right, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, it said then the kingdom of God is coming to you. Have you not read that the kingdom of God is not by observation? It is not by saying, hey, here, no, there. I believe that's Luke 17, 20. It says, but the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Screaming loud in the 
the chat room and said, the kingdom of God is within me. <laughs> the kingdom of God is within me. Why is he saying that? Because where the word of a king is, there is power there. And the kingdom, alright, the kingdom belongs to the king. How a king rules is with the power in his word. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And the Bible also says that the word of God, it says the kingdom of God is not by word. He said but it is by power. That is because the word of God is not void of power. Not a single word of God is void of power. Not a single word of God is void of power. And so how God delivers is by his word. Because if I by the finger of God cast out devils, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And of course we know that how he casted out devils was by his word. So we know that the finger of God is the word of God. That the word of God is the finger of God. That the word of God is the extension of God to any situation. That is how he touches your situation. How do you touch things with your fingers? That's how you touch things. That's how you touch things. It's with your finger. So you want to touch a brother, you speak God's word to him. You want to touch someone, you speak God. If I, by the finger of God, the finger of God is the word of God. And I speak right now by the spirit. You have not touched that thing and you're saying it has not moved. Can you try to touch it with the word and see if you can dare stay and stare at you? Can you, can you try, can you attempt to by the word of God and sees it to defy the very the most powerful sacrosanct element upon the face of the earth. Nuclear weapons are to be feared, but God's word is even to be more feared because God's word created the substratum of everything that created the deadliest thing that the world can wield today. It is God's word that is the parent of every form of life. And if you fear nuclear weapons, you must be more afraid of God's word. The Bible says the finger of God is the word of God. The word of God is the finger of God. You are yet to touch it. That's why it has no moved. You have complained about it. You have loved about it. You have reported about it. You have analyzed it. You have, you have danced around it. You have reported it. You have done a lot of things. But you are yet to touch it. You just try and touch it first. And don't touch it with your fingers. Touch it with the finger of God. If I, by the finger of God, cast out devils, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Because it is with God's word, he rules in his kingdom. Where the word of the king is, there is power. The kingdom of God is not just in empty words, but in powerful words. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. <laughs> it is in power. The word of God is not void of power. That is how God delivers. He delivers with his word. Any situation you find yourself, way before you call that pastor, way before you call that prophet, way before you ask for intercession, touch it with the word of God. Touch it with the finger of God and see if it can dare to stare you in the face. Number four, God transforms with his word. God transforms with his word. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. But we all with open face, beholding as the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed, are transformed, are transfeated. We just evolve. We just become more. We become better. We evolve. We iteratively become better. All right? Into the very image that we are beholding in that glass. We all with open face, beholding as the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed 
from glory to glory as by the spirit of god because the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life the word of god is what engages our hearts and continues to transform it even to the image of the son of god so god cannot transform a person except by the instrument of his word he cannot change a person except by the instrument of his word how did paul become the man of god that goes to everywhere beginning to become the beacon of hope to the gentile nation how does the same person that Matthias Stephen the same person that organized the clothes of those that stoned him the same person that was going to Damascus with a letter from Jerusalem to persecute the church of Damascus how does it become the one who who is hell-bent on spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere and always it was the encounter he had with the word of God Revelation upon revelation in Arabia, everywhere it was going. Revelation upon revelation, the word of God revealed himself to him, and he, he, he changed, he became another man. The word of God is what transforms our lives, it is what changes us. Romans 12 and verse 1 to 2. All right, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, I present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are you renewing your mind to? The Word of God. The Word of God. That you may prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Psalms 19 and verse 7. Man, the Word of God is perfect. It converts the soul. That is where con- conversion happens. That is where right, transformation happens. That is where change happens. Number five, God warns, corrects, and rebukes with his word. It is his word he uses to correct, to warn, to rebuke. So his judge, his capacity to be a judge, he's dependent on his word. If he's not a, if, he's, if he does not have God's word, if he does not have his word, he has nothing to judge, correct, warn, or right, or uh, align us with. It is God's word that he uses to warn, to correct, to judge. It is God's word. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for rebuke and for correction and for instructions in Christ Jesus. All right. So that the man of God can be thoroughly furnished. All right. And as I meditated on this, the Holy Spirit told me that this is actually what it means to, for somebody to be a, a fine young man. You know, a lot of times when we hear someone say, I'm such a fine young man, they're not talking about how, 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 how handsome he is. That's not really what they're talking about. They're talking about how rounded, how balanced, how thorough that person is. He's a fine young man. If you tell your, a, a, a woman that she has raised a fine young lady, he's not just talking about how pretty the girl is. He's like, the, the, the girl is fine. She's, she's rounded. She's thorough breed. You know, the Akara is not, not undone. The Akara is well done. Do you understand that? All right. So can you, can you link up with someone in the chat room and say, you're, you're such a fine young man. Hey, man. You're a fine young woman. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. My son is just, she's just thorough. Praise God. She's, you know, when it comes to career, the person is there. The head is there. When it comes to, you know, being a wife, the person is there. When it comes to being, you know, a mother, the person is there. You know, just fine all around. When it comes to spiritual stuff, the person is, the person is just all around. Glory to Jesus. Fine young man. Fine young woman. All right. Before you look for a handsome and a pretty, you need to look for a fine person. Someone that is thorough breed. Someone that you look at and you're like, where is the where is the weakness? Of course, we're not this is not to say, oh, something, you know, you're looking for perfection in someone, but the person is just balanced, the person is just mature, the person just has the right words to use, the person is just balanced all around. 
Praise God. There's nowhere the devil wants to go. The person has something there. The person is not skilled. The person is not skilled. This is just fine, young man. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, thoroughly furnished, prepared unto every good work. Thoroughly furnished, prepared unto every good work. That is what God wants to use, all right, his word to achieve in your life. He wants to make you a fine young woman. He wants to make you a fine young man. Hallelujah. Fine, just rounded, solid, correct person. Hey, dear, all right, because God's word is your primary influence. Praise God. So God warns, rebukes, corrects, shields, prunes, all right? God uses God's word to correct, to, to discipline, to rebuke, to reproof, all right? To, to, to instruct in righteousness so that you can be. And that, that's why you must have, like, like the lady, I think it was Christiana, that said God's word is instructions. You must have that disposition to God's word, that you're coming to receive instructions. Don't come to God's word with an attitude. We're going to get there when it comes to how to receive from God's word. How to receive God's word. All right, there's a way to come to God's word. There's a way. But I need to magnify the importance of God's word to God. So that you know how it should be important to you. Because I need to let you see how the person that has the Iba is calling his Iba. I don't know if that it is well. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Yorubans have an adage that says, it is how the owner of the, of the, what's Iba now? Of the bowl, right? For those who ox stuff. It is how the owner of the bowl calls his bowl. That is how you who is coming to merchandise with him or to buy from him, that is how you must also agree. To relate with his bowl. And they're using that to say that, all right, the owner of a, of a thing is the first definer of that which he owns. So if I come to your house and you don't call your siblings 10 years older than you, you don't call them brother, all right, you don't call them, you know, brother stuff, brother whatever, brother K, brother Y, all right. If I come, I don't have to call them brother as well because the owner of the brother is not calling them brother. So why should I call him brother? Because, I mean, if, yeah, I shouldn't you know, make it look like I respect your siblings more than you. You are the owner of the brother. So if they call them brother, if they call them no brother, then I have to be, I have to align myself with you. In the same vein, you must see how God sees his word for you to receive his word the way you ought to. Because listen, this is why people don't receive God's word well. They don't know how important it is to God. That's why. So they, they reduce it to how it should be important to them. But that's not how you, you shouldn't relate with the word of God, how you feel like based on your own feelings and sentiments and realities and situations and circumstances. You relate with God's word the way the person that gave you that word relates with that word. That is how you should relate with God's word. Mm -hmm. Because if I don't treat my shirt so badly, and you go out, you know, like the joke we've heard about how you give someone your shirt and the person goes to sleep with it. <laughs> because the person has personalized it. You know, the person is no longer, the person is not receiving the shirt in the spirit of the owner of the shirt. The person has not personalized the shirt and abused the shirt and desecrated the shirt. I used it for, you know, all kinds of activities. And whereas this is your best white shirt, you use it only for Sunday mornings. Then you give it to some person, sniff it and, and removes the long sleeve. Say, I need a short sleeve for this protocol work. I want to then just sniff it, remove the long sleeve, make it into short sleeve, and then add a logo on the on the breast pockets so that it will be fine. You know? <laughs> oh, dear Lord. So you receive the word in the spirit of the person that gave you that word. This is why we are talking about how important the, the word of God is to God first. 
before you then know how to receive God's word in your own life. So we need to run fast. Number six, God convicts through his word. First Peter chapter one and verse 23. We are born again, not by corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed of God's word that lives and abides forever. Ephesians 1 13 talks about how that we got saved after we heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation. And afterwards, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So it was God's word we heard that convicted us. It was God's word we heard. Somebody has been talking to us about Jesus, but it was not the word of God we were saying. We were just saying things. We were just saying things, just talking. But the moment you heard the word of God, anointed word of God, you know, inspired word of God, all right, refreshing word of God, it came. Our hearts were smitten. Our hearts were convicted. And we received the word of God. And we were given birth to, all right? We became, we became new. We became new in Christ Jesus. We, we experienced the new birth because we saw and received the word of God into our hearts. So God convicts with his word. God prospers through his word. God prospers through his word. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but shall meditate in it day and night. You shall learn to observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then you make a way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So how God prospers the people is by his word. There is nothing else God wants to give you that he has not already given you in his word. There's nothing else, really. There's nothing else. He that spread not his own son, he that spread not his own word, but gave him up for you all. How shall he not with him also freely give you all things? So the son, all right, is the producer of everything else God wants to give you. The word is the producer of everything else God wants to give you. If he has not withdrawn and withheld his word from you, do you really think there is something else in withholding from you? There's nothing more God has than his word. So he has nothing more valuable than his word. He has given you the most valuable thing in his entire economy. And then you are saying, you, you have not given me money. Oh, you have not given me husband. You have not given me car. You have not given me house. Are you kidding me? Are you really exalting those things above what God's word means to God? Are you really saying that if God has given you his word, he has not given you anything? Is that what you're saying? If he has given you his word, he has given you everything. How he prospers is with his word. How he blesses us with his word. How he blessed Abraham was with his word. How Abraham blessed Isaac with his word. How Isaac blessed Jacob. How did Jacob bless Joseph? Oh, words. He gave all the things he had. All his dukia. All his money. All right. Offshore, inshore, outshore. All right. Streets. He gave it all to Ishmael. Gave everything. Cars. Got everything. Properties. Then he looked at Isaac and he gave him all that he had words the blessing how god blesses is with his words hallelujah if god has given you words see be happy be blessed rejoice i tell you the truth because god has given you everything he has this is how, you first need to understand how important god's word is to god what it means to god then you will learn how to receive that word so good all right god prospers through his word sounds wrong from his one to three as well Blessed is the man that walks under the counsel of the ungodly, and stands in the way of sinners, and sits in the seat of scornful, but is delighted in the law of the Lord. And in it does it meditate day and night, but it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season. None of his leaves shall wither, and whatsoever I do, it shall prosper. All right, but it began with meditation in God's word, and whatsoever I did, prosper. Hallelujah. Number eight, God establishes and stabilizes everything through his word. Hebrews chapter one, all right, from verse, I believe. Two, three. He says, upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things. All things. So how God stabilizes, establishes anything is by his word. How he ensures that you will still be here 10 years from now, 15 years from now, married, stable, all right, is with his word. If you don't, if you don't subscribe to God's word, things will not be stable in your life. 
things will not have predictable outcomes. This is the economy of the wisdom of God. So that strand in God that stabilizes, establishes, all right, predicts outcomes is the wisdom of God. And that's why, uh, you know, Proverbs 24, verse 3 would say that by wisdom a house is built and by understanding it's established through knowledge it's interiors that feel the precious things all right talking about the communication of the wisdom of god through the word of god it establishes anything what establishes anything how do you establish a company that will transcend your generation that will transcend your lifetime it has to be by the wisdom of god it has to be by the word of god how do you build a home and you ensure that your children are groomed in the way of the Lord and they will grow to be the solid citizens of, of, of their countries and contributors to the world? It is by ensuring that they are trained in the way of the Lord by the word of God. By the word of God. So God's word is what establishes and stabilizes. Psalm 189, Psalm 119 verse 89, it says, Forever, O God, your word is settled, established, stabilized. Forever in heaven is settled. So how you settle things with his, with his word. So whatever is settled in heaven, bring it and use it to settle things on earth. So you settle things, you stabilize things, you establish things. You can be bold when you speak God's word because you know by the time everything that is screaming today has screamed and it don't scream, you'll still be there standing because you rely on something stronger, all right, beyond what other people trust in. You rely in the word of God. You rely on the word of God. You bank on the word because you know it's stable. It's more stable than the CDN. More stable than any bank, more stable than the stock exchange, more stable than the financial markets, more stable than anything, more stable is the word. That, that's the best place to be. Praise the name of the Lord. And then number nine, we have God empowers through his word. All right, if you read Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 9, how he was trying to encourage Jeremiah that I put my words in your mouth to tear down, to pull down, all right, to destroy, to, you know, to uproot and all that. And he says to build and to plant. It is his word he uses to do all these things. That is how he empowered Jeremiah. Jeremiah was just a little boy. But when he spoke, when God spoke to him and began to speak his word to him, this guy was empowered. This guy was empowered. And he was able to speak that word to the people that God had sent him to. How did God empower Moses with his words? How does God call people with his word? God does not call you and, you know, or, no, 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 he calls you with his word. How did God anoint David? Remember, before Samuel anointed him, God said he had already anointed him. David, my servant, have I found with my holy oil, I've anointed him. How did God anoint David? It was with his words. He anointed him with his words. He, he empowered him with his words. Words are powerful. His words are anointed. So when he speaks to you, he's empowering you. Hiya. God's words are so powerful. So powerful. If you receive them the proper way. Now finally, God, which is the most important of all these attributes of God, God's word and the importance of God's word to God. God is known by his word. God is known through his word. All right. God is known through his word. Jeremiah 9 from verse 23. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But if any man shall glory, let him glory in this that he knows and understands me. That I exercise loving kindness and righteousness and judgment in the earth. For in these things I delight. For in these things I delight. Just knowing me. John chapter 17. All right. Um, seventeen verse three, I believe, it says, "And this is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent." John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. John fourteen six. All right, and the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. The word of God is the only way to know Him. Abide in me, and let my words abide in you. 
all right let my words abide in you if you don't abide in me all right you cannot if you don't abide in the word you cannot be saying you're abiding in god because abiding in the word of god is the is abiding in god abiding in the word of god is abiding in god you can't know god apart from his word so anyone that is trying to know god through only prayers 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 you will be praying to demons very soon you've got to use god's word to understand how to even pray effectively how do we even know this god how do we connect with him how do we relate with him what has he done what has he done in christ jesus how do we pray now as new creation believers what what is it about this god how does he want us to access joy how does he want us to access prosperity how does he want us to access grace how does he want us to get the anointing how does he want us to do ministry how does he want us to to minister in the holy ghost how does he want us to get baptized how 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 it is in the word everything you need to know about god is in his word don't rely on extra extra biblical materials much more than you rely on god's word it's a very dangerous path to go very dangerous you will not know where you ski off you will just go off off tangent all right god is known through his word god is known through his word praise the name of the lord so everything god ever wants to do he has to do with his word everything god ever wants to do everything he ever wants to achieve because no man has seen god at any time but the only begotten of the father who dwells in the bosom of the father bible says he has declared in john 1 17 so nobody has seen god so if you don't learn to receive god's word and you say i, I want to see god see you will be there forever except by his mercy he will manifest to you through angels or epiphanies but to see god but you reject his word how will you see him now how God will not show up. Is his word he will send. Remember that parable? He sent servants. They killed them, sent servants. Then he said, if I send my son, maybe they would honor him. He sent his son, which is his word. And that was the last thing he sent. He didn't show up. <laughs> so in case you are waiting, let God show up so that I will know that he's God. Hey, pray in a very dangerous prayer. All right? If you have seen his word, you have seen him. John, I believe, 14. This is the Philip and Co. We're asking, I show us the Father and it suffices us. Show us the Father. And they say, Have I been so long with you? You say you don't know the Father? How can you say you know me, but you don't know the Father? What, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Very interesting conversation. Say, You have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. And by the time you have seen me, you will need to say, Come and show me the Father again. Hey, because he is everything about the Father. He is the explanation of the Father. You wouldn't have heard God or heard Jesus and say, hey, that's step one. So now show me the next level. Let me now see the Father. No. If you've seen him, you have seen the Father. If you have seen him, you have seen the Father. So all these things are what God's word means to God. All these are the capabilities of God's word. And this is what God's word can do. Hi. So when God now gives you this same word, when he gives you this same word, you need to understand the gravity of this very awesome and auspicious privilege. Very, very, it's a huge, see, you know, when you watch movies and there's some nukes around the world that have been planted by some world powers and stuff, and if they want to start World War Four, World War Three, at any point in time, they can because they have access to those nukes. They, those nukes are very, very delicate. There is a way to operate them. There, there is a way to use the codes. In fact, the codes may be dispersed, not just with one person, so that one person will not become so powerful, they disperse it across several high-ranking offici officials. And, and you, you can't just vex and say you want to just deploy and, you know, no, and release one nuclear weapon. See, and that's a destructive weapon. How much more the word of God that is more powerful than a nuclear weapon and far more creative than it. Far more creative. Far more creative. 
don't you think there is a way to receive this word something that is this important to god do you think just about anybody can receive it something that is like the most important thing to god do you think that you just share it to everybody and say oh, you dog come and take you, you, you take it no it's those he loves he shares it with. and even those that he loves they must learn how to receive it the right way else that word will never do them any good this is why we must learn how to receive from god's word you must learn it if you don't learn it see you will be coming to church for 10 years nothing will change in your life see this is one of the reasons why people don't get transformed in church they go to church every sunday religiously they don't have a relationship with god's word they don't have a relationship with god they have nothing no personal touch so they just come they just hear 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 and listen he that honors me i will honor he that despises me i will likely esteem if you come after me i will come after you all right if you draw near to me i will draw near to you if you perceive me as valuable i will see you as someone that i should come towards he said you will find me after you have set for me with all of your heart jeremiah 29 verse 13. you will find me after only after the reason is not because i just want to suffer you i just want to make you suffer and suffer before you find me it's not because i'm trying to discuss it's because if i come to you without you looking for me you will waste my coming you will not see me you won't see me so if you set and you know what you're looking for when i show up you maximize me even if it's two minutes, you will maximize it because you are looking for me. But if I just come unsolicited, you will see me 10,000 times or you go to Instagram instead. You will go and look for what I, what excites you. you. You're not looking for me. So even if I show up, you, you won't find me because I'm available. You won't find me because you're not looking for me. But when you, when you search for me with all of your heart, when you, are, when you show seriousness, this is also why we fast. This is why we fast. When we fast, what we are telling God is that we are serious about searching for you. God is not wicked. He's not trying to hide his face from you. He just wants to be sure that you are really searching for him. And by the time you are eating with your two fingers, everything is just, you are all, you are, it's, it's, it's this time of the year, there's plenty food in there. Instead of you to fast, God is instructing you to fast. Say, ah, say, can't you see food? So, so how do you really show God that is important to you and that you are looking for him? When you are looking for God, everything should pale in comparison. Everything should become less important, including food. This is very fast to give honor for our search of his face. We are looking for his face. We are searching for his word. We are searching for his hand. We are looking for something in God. Yet food is so important to you. Yet entertainment is everything to you. You you must not be serious now. (laughs) You can't be serious now. You You are not serious. So just go and do what you want to do. When you are ready, you come for me. When you are searched for me with all of your heart, you will find me. So it's important. And this is why a lot of people don't get transformed. Because they don't receive God's word the right way. They don't receive God's word the right way. Look at the compliments God has. Luke chapter 1 verse 37. It says, with God, that is with God's word, all things are possible. Then Mark 9 23, equal compliments. It says, to him that believes God's word, all things are possible. Now, that means there is no difference between the potential of God and the potential of anyone who believes in God. No difference. Whatever God can do, anyone who believes in God can do it. Anyone. Anyone. If Jesus, the express image of his person, said to his disciples, the works that I do, you shall do, and greater works. See, listen, there is nothing God can do that anyone who believes cannot do. Nothing. You could, you would think that Jesus walked on water trying to braggado everybody and make everybody think that see he's the best, he's the most, he's the highest. He said, if you want to come, come now. You will step on this water, you walk, you will everything I can do, you can do. If you've been listening to Wafbeck, Pastor Any taught on you know how Jesus turned, you know, how, how he multiplied the bread. He first asked questions from his disciples, hoping that they would enter into his wavelength and frequency. But all of them failed woefully until he then performed the miracle. 
He was probably even hoping that they were going to be the one to accept. In fact, when I listened to Andrew Mark's commentary on the miracle of the uh, multiplication of bread, Andrew said that it is impossible for those bread to be multiplied in Jesus' hand. It's not possible for you to have 5,000 loaves in your hand and you're distributing his disciples. Actually, the disciples were the ones, it was through the hands of the disciples that the bread was multiplying. It was as they were breaking it and sharing it. So the miracle actually happened in the hands of the disciples, not in Jesus' hands. He was one that did it, all right, but the manifestation was actually in the hands of the disciples, not in Jesus' hands. How do you multiply 5,000 first before you begin to share it to your disciples? He break the bread, gave it to the disciples, and told them to distribute it. It was as they went in faith to distribute five loaves and two fish. Then it, it didn't stop. It just continued to, as they broke it, the thing continued to increase. It just, <laughs> the miracle continued on their hands, in their hands, right? Whatever God can do, anyone who believes in God can do it. Anyone. If your faith says yes, God cannot say no. Bishop Idausa told us that. If your faith says yes, God cannot say no. Hi. Anything God can do, anyone who believes in it, in God can do it. So, to him that learns to believe and to receive God's word, all things are possible. Now, we have access to the most lethal, potent, and powerful substance in the world. Like I said already, don't you think there must be some rules to how that word must be engaged? Imagine, of course, I already explained that as well. The Word of God, again, is the most powerful substance anyone can possess because of its capabilities. The Word of God made the elements, starting from the 20, all right, elements, metallic, non-metallic, that makes nuclear weapons possible. That made, now, this Word of God made materials that made aviation possible, that made, all right, nuclear attacks possible, that made neurology possible, that made electricity possible. This Word of God is far more powerful than anything that we think is powerful on the earth currently. Anything you think is impressive, God's word is far more impressive because it's the parent force of life. Now, there is a way to handle God's word. There is a way to receive God's word. It's like a live wire. If you don't understand how it works and you handle it unworthily, you handle it carelessly, you can become a victim of that currency or that current. You can become a victim. You can just, you can touch it on the wrong side because you didn't receive it well. Remember that advisor to the king that didn't receive God's word properly when Elisha was prophesying? You see, he saw the, the miracle that the word was going to do, but that word fought against him because the word became a stumbling block to him because he didn't receive the word properly. He scorned at the word. He mocked the word. He was embarrassed by the speaking of the word. Like, are you kidding me? Even if God should open the window, are you? Wow. If, if God should open the windows of heaven, this economy can still not change. Wow, wow, interesting. You must really underrate what God's word can do. And that is to everybody who has ever said that prayer is here. I pray, I pray, I beg. Go and repent tonight. Because that is so disrespectful of God's word. Elisha said, by this time tomorrow, a barley of wheat will be sold for a shekel. And not a single jot of that word fell off of him. The word of God came to pass as prophesied. Never again in your life write off the possibilities for a country like Nigeria because of the depth of your analysis about the dysfunctions and everything you are seeing in this country. And like, well, man, even if Obama becomes president, even if Trump becomes our president, nothing can change. Be careful of such statements. All right? They are, they are neck deep in dishonor, neck deep in disregard for the possibilities that lie in God's word. All right? You must be very careful. Because that is one way to, to make yourself the enemy of the cross. You now become the one the word of God will show pepper and say, you, you, you doubted me. 
it's better you are silent and you just keep quiet but then you verbalize your folly and you say even if god not thinker wow interesting then you will see it but you will not taste of it all right so it's important go and repent immediately anytime you air any form of impossibility out of your mouth you have sinned and violated the spirit of grace that's what happened to the children of israel they couldn't get to come to terms with the word of god and its promises they couldn't come to terms with it it is massive one of the greatest slaps you can give to divinity is to, is to not believe it god is talking to you and you don't believe it is that not what god gabriel upset i stand in the presence of god and you have the god to say eh, how shall these things be i'm already old what have you been praying about what is wrong with you see you will not you will not speak for a season you think I'm, I'm here to joke? So I traveled all the way from heaven to come and joke with you, to come and laugh with you. You, you think that I came down here to talk to you? You have the guts to doubt the things that I say. I stand in the very presence of God. Actually, Gabriel did that on the authority of the Christ because an angel really cannot do anything to a man because an angel is, is subordinate to man in terms of hierarchy. But he had to he had to evoke the presence of God. I stand in His presence, and you doubt Him because I'm His messenger. And then on the authority of the Christ, he punished Zechariah. Uh, <laughs> Praise God. Let's move on very quickly. How do we steward the word of God? Number one, you must learn how to receive God's word. This is why you start writing. Amen. So I preached. Now I'm about to teach. Okay. All right. How do you receive God's word? Number one, by or how do you see what God's word? By receiving. The first thing you need to learn is how to receive God's word. And there are three dispositions you must have when it comes to receiving the word. And I must see these changes in our lives, starting from this Sunday. <laughs> For those who have not been practicing it. The first disposition to God's word is joy. That's the first disposition. So you receive God's word with joy, with joy. With joy, you see, that joy is the delight in the possibilities inherent in the word. That is what produces joy. That joy is just like, wow, what's God's word about to do right now? Oh, God, this is exciting. You're just getting excited about the possibilities. You have not seen it, but you're like, wow. You have not seen it, but you are rejoicing. Rejoice, speakable, full of glory. Even though you have not even seen, but yet you rejoice. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the word of God is yet to manifest, but you're just getting it ready. You're getting ready. Your heart is so full. You are inducting a good matter. And it's like, which angle does God want to surprise me this year? Which way is he going to come? Glory to God. And then you delight in the possibilities inherent in the word of God. That will produce joy. You have not seen it, but you are just excited. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be yummy. The word of God is cooking. Hallelujah. Then you tap into the chat room and say, the word of God is cooking. You can say, the word is cooking. And how you wait is with joy. How you wait for that thing that the word is cooking is with joy. So God's word is about to come forth on Sunday. You are getting excited already. As the, get, as the man of God gets up stage, you are excited. You jump on your feet. You run around because you are just so excited to receive what God's word might want to do. What God's word might want to say. You don't have any, you are just excited for whatever it is that is coming your way. Because you know it's a good gift that is coming your way. Oh, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. The Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither is there any shadow of turning. You know whatever is sending your way is good. Hey, yeah, yeah, he that spread on his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely 
give us all things. So you're expecting some really good things. And so you get excited. This is what you get excited. Sometimes you have not even seen what the word of God is about. It's just that you are delighting yourself in the possibilities inherent in the word of God. They say God's word is coming. And you're like, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good time in God's presence. Because God's word is coming. I rejoice at your word. Like one who's found great spoil. I hope you know that. If you found great spoil does not mean you know everything that is inside the great spoil. But you just know that this is going to be good. This is going to be so good. You've not opened the spoil. You've not turned it down. You've not opened the packages. You've not seen the gold. You've not seen the silver. You've not seen anything. You're just like, this is going to be good. <laughs> because God's word is even greater than spoilers. You delight yourself in the possibilities inherent in the word of God. The second posture is the posture of submission and subordination, which is found as meekness. The Bible says receiving the engrafted word of God with meekness, which is able to save your souls. Some people come to God's word and they think an opinion counts around God's word. A lot of us need to repent after tonight's teaching. You know, you, you are hearing God's word and you're like, oh, I don't agree. And it is the unadulterated word of God. Your heart knows it's the word of God. But because your lifestyle is not in alignment with that which God's word has said, you are trying to see a way to find your, your own self in the word of God in a position that God has not placed you. So you are trying to make your opinion the word instead of receiving the word of God as the word and discarding your opinion. You are not subordinate to God's word. You are not submissive to God's word. You come with a chip on your shoulder, trying to sit beside the Son of God, not in the rank as a co-heir, but as the one that put him on that seat. Who are you? You come with meekness. Meekness. That word is able to save you even unto the uttermost. So when you come to God's word, you come with a ready heart to write. You come with a ready heart to receive. This is how you must receive God's word. Throughout this year, you come, you want to write, you want to gain, you want to have as much in your heart as possible. You have read, you have studied before even showing up. So you are ready to receive and to be transferred and transported and translated and transformed by the coming of the word of God. All right? Because listen, God's word is God. So our meekness is a show of worship. When you come to God's word, you must be ready to worship. You must be ready to bow. You must be ready to be subordinate. You must be ready to be subjugate to him. You must be ready to say, Lord, I, I know nothing. I, you know everything. I, you have the word to change my life. I don't know anything that I think I even know. I'm ready to allow your word revise, revert, rearrange, all right? Engineer a re an overhaul of my entire thinking pattern i give it all over to you because i am coming in meekness i don't have an opinion your opinion is my truth your opinion is my truth you know god never has an opinion because god's opinion is truth god's opinion is truth so you say god lord i i i refuse to have any form of attachment to any opinion ideology theology and uh thinking pattern before now whatever god's word shows to me i, I agree with it I'm not going to be arguing with you. I'm not going to wrestle with the word of God. It can pierce me with many things. So the disposition, number one, with joy. Number two, the posture of submission and humility, right? In meekness, the attitude of worship, because the word of God is God. You can't allow your opinion to be stronger than the force of revelation. Praise the name of all. And lastly, all right, still on that, number one, receiving the word. That is how to steward God for number one. You have to learn to receive the, the word. And there are three postures to receiving the word. Number one, with joy. Number two, with meekness or submission. Uh, right? With meekness. Number three, with faith. With faith. Listen, there would always be a gap between what you are right now and what God's word is saying concerning you. 
That is, there would always be a gap between the word of God and reality. There would always be a gap. If there's no gap, I mean, see now, the, the, the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep reality. Then God said, let there be light. Where did the light come from? It came from the word. So God's word would always be diametrically opposed to your reality. So all of you saying, let's face reality, let's face reality. Be careful the things you're you are facing. If God had faced reality in Genesis 1, would we be here today? He didn't face reality. He is superimposed on reality with the word of God. And so be careful the things you call reality. Your reality is in the word. Choose your reality very carefully. Let the economy not determine your reality. Let your boss not determine your reality. Let, let your career not determine your reality. Let your friendship not determine your reality. Let the word of God determine your reality. Let the word of God determine your reality. So there would always be a, a reason to receive the word of God by faith because there would always be a gap between the reality of your life and the potential in the word of God. Faith is what bridges the gap between the reality of your life and the supernatural reality in the word of God. You must adopt God's position concerning every situation. No matter how much your mind goes against it. Very important. It is called the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith. You just obey. Not because it makes sense to your carnal mind. But because if you have heard God, you know it is God's word you have heard. It may not make any sense. But you go and sacrifice him on the Mount Moriah. It may not make any sense. But if you know you heard God, go and do it. Even when every fiber of logic in your mind is fighting against it. Go and do what God's word has told you. To do. That's how to receive God's word with joy, with meekness, and with faith. Praise the name of the Lord. You receive God's word with joy, with meekness, and with faith. And this is number one under how to steward God's word. That's number one. You receive God's word. Number two, you know God's word. All right. That's how you steward God's word. You receive God's word with joy, with meekness, with faith. Number two, you know God's word. You know God's word. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, I quoted that earlier. John chapter 17, verse 3, I quoted that earlier. This is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Develop a love for God. God knows those that love him. God knows. God knows. The Bible says the foundation of the Lord stands sure, having a seal. The Lord knows all those that are his. Think about it. You can't fake love for God. You can fake love for man, but you can't fake love for God. I love God. I love God. You can't fake. Sorry. You can't fake it. You can't be coming to church to impress God. God knows if you love him or you don't. He knows. He knows. He knows. Stop trying to fake it. He knows if you genuinely love him. And it will show. If you love me, obey my commandments. Obey. Do what I say. Simple. Don't come and be flattering me. Don't come and be doing sacrifice. Just obey the things that I teach. Obey my word. Because listen, God's word, even God obeys it. Even God, the Bible says he does everything according to the predeterminate counsel of his will. God is limited by his predeterminate counsel. He is limited by his predeterminate counsel. Yet, you don't want to be limited by his word. And you say you love God. How now? If God has subjected himself to his word, yet you want to be above God's word and you expect him to agree that you love him. It doesn't work that way. You agree with his word. You subject yourself to his word. To his word. So how does God know you love him? By obeying his commandments. Alright? So you know the word. You and you can't know the word without loving the word. If you, you see, when I put scriptures in my heart, honestly, it is from a place of love. I love the word of God. I genuinely love God's word. I love it. I love it. I can be with the word all day, every day. Listening to teachings, reading my Bible all day, every day. You can ask my wife. It's delight for me. I love it. It suits. It is sweeter than the honeycomb. That's what the Bible says. He said it is more powerful, more precious than gold. You need to love the word. Love it. 
love it more than cartoons, love it more than animes, love it more than Bollywood, love it more than Netflix, love it more than social media, love it, love it, love it more than football, love it. When you love it, you start knowing it. I had a pastor friend who was a mentor. He loved Liverpool. He loved Liverpool so much. He knew the girlfriends of others. You see, he had he loved them so much. It was no longer about knowing the football players. That was the least that he knew. He now started investigating into their lives. He knew their dogs. He knew their girlfriends. He just knew them so thoroughly and never had to forget because he loved them. He loved the club. So he just knew them because he loved them. When you develop a love for God's word, you will know the word. That love is important. Because if you try to know the word without the love of God in your heart, you will be a theologian. And there are a lot of theologians that may not make heaven, to be honest. Because you can, you can know the word, you can know it's is Greek, everything. But if you don't love the word, it will be clear. You will just be religious. Can you imagine? You say you search the scriptures, in them you think you have eternal life. But these are they that testify of me. And when I say you should come and meet you, you will not come. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. They knew the word of God more than anybody else, but they did not know the word of God when they saw him. Can you imagine? So they, they knew the word, but they didn't love the word. They, so they couldn't recognize the word. So you can have the head knowledge. It doesn't mean you know the word. It doesn't mean you know it. You need to love the word of God with all your heart. Meditate in a day and night. Observe to do according to all that is written therein. Let time of fellowship in the word be your best moment of the day. See, you must get to a point where it is not the things God's word promises you that excite you the most. It's just the fact that you're in its presence. That's what excites you the most. David said, one thing have I desired. Not that I will collect a lot of things and cash out from your presence. That I will just dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That is my biggest ambition. Just to be there with you. Hi. To love you more and more. When I know you, I'll find me. Let's not get it. Yeah. Let's not, let's not get too far in there. Because it's a love, it's a love relationship. Alright? Develop love for the word. The only way you can know the Lord is by knowing his word. Who is the way, the truth, and the life? Delight in the knowledge of God. Love the word. Love it. Love it. Love it. That is one way to steward God's word. You love it. So you receive the word, then you love the word, which is by which oh sorry, you know the word. And you can't know the word without loving the word. Number three, you understand the word. This is very important. Luke 8, from verse 15 to 18. The real power inside the word is released post-understanding. So you can hear the word if you don't understand it. The real power is not yet with you. The power to replicate is not with you. Understanding is what makes God's word scalable. Aye. That means you can receive a miracle without understanding. You can receive a sign, a wonder. You can be blessed without understanding. But you can never impart another person without understanding. You can never scale the impact of God's word in another person's life without understanding. So guess what? People go for meetings, conferences, and they are blessed. You don't need to understand it to be blessed. God, God is loving all his children. Whether those that know the word and those that don't know it, he loves you all, so he will give you. But for you to become a weapon of warfare in his hands, you've got to understand God's word. That is why God had to invest 40 days and 40 nights teaching and teaching post-resurrection because he didn't want them to be deficient in their understanding because if they are deficient in their understanding, the church would be warped from the beginning. The church would have been legged from the beginning. So he ensured that they were solid in understanding. Then the Holy Ghost came and they were balanced, structured. And even at that, we still saw some errors even in the way Paul and James and co propagated the first church because understanding is extremely key. If you don't have understanding, scalability will be weak. 
you won't be able to impact other people's lives with the word of God that you know. Scale will not be added to your exploits in the word of God. You can be healed without understanding the word. You can be blessed without understanding the word by simply having faith. You can, all right? But understanding is what makes your faith and your, and your impact scalable. The scale at which God can do anything on a massive scale depends on teaching. And the objective of teaching is understanding. So that what only God could do, 500 people can do after they have received understanding. This is why Jesus always prioritized teaching over anything else. Post-resurrection, he didn't heal, he didn't raise the dead, he didn't do any miracles. Because those things are very selfish in their nature. You do a miracle now and that's the end. But if you give somebody understanding, that person can transfer to 2 billion people after you're gone. That's powerful. It's more powerful than healing. And that's why beyond just getting somebody healed, have you given the person the understanding of how to maintain their healing? So that they can teach other people after they have healed them and teach them to stay healed. That is the real power of teaching. So Jesus went about teaching first, preaching and then healing. The priority is always on teaching because the objective of teaching is understanding. And what makes understanding powerful is scalability. With understanding, if all I have is you, after a while, all I have will not just be you alone. I will have as many people. But if all I do is heal you, you will die at some point. And that's the end to everything that I did. If all I did was be able to just get you healed and, and the miracle was to raise you from the dead, and that's all I did. If I did not get understanding into your fixed call, you will die at some point and everything I did will end in you because you didn't have understanding to propagate it, to scale. And so that was why Jesus prioritized understanding with those guys on the way to Emmaus. He could have just said, ah, see me now, see my hands, see my ribs. Yeah. No, he gave them teaching, raw teaching, so that those two will be additional members in the army that will raise the next generation of disciples. He will not spare you in understanding. This is why my teachings take time. This is just why, honestly. It's not because I enjoy, I have things to do. I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. <laughs> oh God. Work. I have plenty of things to do. But if I'm teaching and I'm teaching, and look how this guy is taking time. Understand. It is understanding I'm trying to establish. And see, a, a, a disciple can never be in a hurry around the master. You can't. What will you say you want to receive? What will you say you want to receive? A, a pressure cooked word. A half baked word, something that will not establish you in doctrine, something that will just make you a, a half half hearted disciple who at the first ob observation of challenges will run back to, to, to wherever it's coming from with the tail behind his legs. That's not the kind of disciple God wants to raise. People who are strong, who, who have strong meat with them, by reason of use, they've exercised their senses to discern. And it takes time to get to that level. It's, it's, it's called strong meat. It's not milk. It's not milk. It's strong meat that is for mature believers. And that's what happens. You go to a church five years and all you're hearing is 30 minutes word, and by the 20th minute you're already sleeping and you're not interested anymore. I beg, this thing is getting too long. You're not a disciple. You're just by vibes. You're a vibe, you're a vibe guy. That's vibes. When the, when the summer is getting too long, you get bored. No! <laughs> disciples don't behave like that. You don't behave like that. If you're serious about this gospel, you, you, your heart must be there. If medicine takes seven years before they can give you any form of patient to handle, seven years at least, you must commit it. Give it away. You give yourself away seven years and God help you go to away. Another three years on top of that, you are just giving yourself away. Just to be able to handle one. Then after that, you, my brother I spoke with yesterday. He's been in the profession, God knows how many years, maybe over 20 years now. And this is the first time in all of his life that he said he wants to take a break from religion for just a little while. He's a pathologist. He has read all his life. I've never seen a season in my brother's life where he was not reading. This is medication. This is medicine. This is pathology. This is, all right? This is ups and gangs. 
This is pediatrics. This is medicine and surgery. This is neurology. This is medicine. That the best it can do is to save a person's body. We we're talking about the gospel that has the power to save a person's soul. And you think just casual meditations, you know, one verse a day, you know, go and just go to church and just listen to a good word for 45 minutes is sufficient to make you into a disciple. It may take 100 years and you may still not become a disciple. Concentration and intensity matters in your discipleship orientation. Concentration and intensity. How concentrated is what you are receiving? How intense is what you are receiving? How diluted it is, it will, it will matter. It will show in how long you will take to learn the simple things that somebody else who got concentrated and intense teaching got in two years. Three and a half years was all Jesus needed to spend with them because every day was a discipleship class. Every single day. Every day he was teaching. Every day. And even after he, was, he died and was raised from death, he still went again 40 days teaching, teaching, teaching. And you want to receive it in two, in, in two weeks of, of 30 minutes teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. You must learn to understand the word. Those that bear fruit, if you check the Bible of the soul, I can't get into all the details. Those that bear fruit properly are those that keep it. That keeping there is understanding. Those that hear it and keep it. Because if you don't understand it, you didn't keep it. You didn't, it didn't stay with you. Right now, everybody's at Wasdeck. We are receiving God's word in doses, in several frequencies, coming at us at the speed of light. Understanding will be the difference maker between those that came and those that used what they received when they came. All right? Understanding. What are you going away from Wasdeck with? What are you going away from this teaching with? If you don't go with understanding, it was better for you not to have come. Because understanding is what makes you established in the present truth. This is why Peter kept repeating things. He kept repeating things. He kept establishing them so that they can be established in this present truth. Very important. It is what applies scale to your understanding of the things of God. So how do you steward that word? You steward it by receiving it first with joy, all right, with meekness and with faith. Number two, you know the word of God. And how you know the word of God is by loving the word genuinely from your heart. Number three, you understand. And listen, when you say, ah, to be love is something. You see, that's the thing. You have, you, have, you, have, you, have, you have watched too much movies. So you think love is something you fall into. You decide to love things. It's a decision. So I say, how can you say I should just love God like that? God commanded you to love it. To love God. To love him. He said, thou shalt love thy God with all of your might, with all of your soul. He was telling you the dimensions of yourself. So you, you go to your mind and say, I love the Lord. You go to your soul, you love the Lord. Go to your mind, you love the Lord. Go to everything about you, say, Lord, I love, start loving the Lord now. You, you can decide to love the Lord. Say, I, you know, I just love, see, my love is basketball. And you know, it was just something I fell in love with. No, go and check your history. Somebody introduced you to basketball. You started listening to basketball. You started watching basketball. Then suddenly you say you love basketball. How did you love it? You spent your time in it. Then you started saying you loved it. When you spend your time in the Word of God, you will just notice that you're beginning to love the Word. Alright? So how you know the Word is by loving the Word. Number three, you understand the Word of God. You spend good time. You read translations. You go to Greek, Hebrew. You just, you just love it. So you go, you try to understand it. You read extra biblical, but your primary compass must be the Word of God. You, leave, you, you read extra biblical. You read commentaries. You just try to understand, get the exegesis, get context. You read chronologically, you read through storylines, you read topically, you read normally, you, you don't read. Get understanding. Alright? Wisdom is the principal thing. You therefore get wisdom. I know that gets get understanding. Counsel in the man's heart is as deep waters, but the man of understanding will draw it out. Counsel in the man's heart is as deep waters. Proverbs chapter 20, I believe. 
verse 5. Number 4. Use the word or act on the word. James chapter 2 and verse 20 talks about acting on the word. It is the final junction for the miraculous. In order to live a supernatural life, you can't just be hearing the word, thinking about the word, meditating the word. If you don't act on it, you are, it's like something is coming from a long distance and it gets to the very last mile and then you block it there. When you refuse to act on the word, you have put a dam on this supernatural buildup that started in your spirit man. So this is what happens. Because you are spirit, soul, and body. The word of God originates from the realm of the spirit. Because the word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and their life. And it is traveling at the speed of light from the realm of the spirit. And it enters into your mind. Now, your mind is where your faith is. Now, if your mind is so logical, intellectual, scientific, you can, you can stop the flow of the word of God from there. You can stop it. You can just stop it there. Alright? But if you allow your mind to accept the probabilities, alright, or the possibilities inherent in the word of God, you have allowed it to travel further than just the spirit. It has entered into your soul. Now, it must enter into your body for it to be legally authorized upon the face of the earth. Because you are not just spirit, you are spirit, soul, and body. So your body must agree with what your spirit and your soul agreed with before it can become a legal authoritative action upon the face of the earth this is why action is so powerful in the working of miracles or in the receiving of miracles in person's life you have received faith you have faith you have faith but if you don't stand upon your feet strength will not enter into your uncle bones that is what happened to the man at the gate called beautiful paul peter had to stretch him up and say come on stand to your feet and the guy received strength into his bones peter the same thing at lystra the guy had tried to be healed so he was wobbly wobbly but he had not started this manifestation had not happened because his body had not agreed with what his mind had processed and agreed with so the fact that there's faith in your mind does not mean the miracle will happen until your body chooses to agree with the the frequency of faith that started and originated in your spirit enter into your mind if your body does not agree it will damn it at the last mile the last mile is action the last mile is action you must let the word of god penetrate and burst open through your body so when you are feeling a certain way and you are feeling the, the energy will not just disappear, the faith will not just disappear. You must do something that authorizes that miracle to happen upon the face of the earth. Because on this face of the earth, if you don't permit God, he stays in his realm of the spirit. He can stay there for life. Because it's forever is really settled in the realm of the spirit. So when you allow God's word penetrate through your members, and this is what the Bible says that you give yourself as a, you, 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 you surrender your members as instruments of righteousness. If you don't surrender your members as instruments of righteousness, my brother, the word of God will come traveling with a solid speed and frequency from the realm of the spirit. Enter into your mind, all right? Cease faith there. But if your body does not let it because of embarrassment, this is one of the reasons why people don't allow God's word to penetrate through their bodies because they are afraid of being embarrassed. What if it does not work? What if, you know? And you begin to doubt. And you're like, hey, what if, what if I look stupid? Because acting by faith almost all the time makes you feel stupid. And you're so afraid. And by the time you exalt men's opinion over God's word, you don't deserve the miracle that could have come out. I wrote something here. All right, let me just read that as we begin round off. Anyone unwilling to act on the word is not deserving of the miracle inherent in the word. Refusing to act on the word of God is like wanting to be saved without believing and confessing the Lord Jesus. So you can't be deserving of the salvation that comes only by acting on the word. You can't. Because you're not willing to act on the word, then you are also not deserving of that which is dependent on acting on the word. There is always a potential of embarrassment. Alright, that must be overcome in order to do the word. Acting on the word is the way you authorize that miracle in your circumstance. You are spiritual and God already explained that the word of God is sourced from the spirit. 
your mind is the gateway that allows the possibility to be entertained but your body must authorize the miracle for it to happen praise the name of the lord so there will be instructions god will give you this year you can say carry your wallet begin to dance around it you're like ah but i already believe that it should just happen no carry your wallet act crazy act stupid because that is how god's wisdom manifests it manifests in foolishness in the realms of men it manifests in foolishness it should just give you an instruction and you have to do it what is the meaning of putting spit inside more than like this thing is embarrassing oh, come on but if you don't do that this person never will be here this is how god's word works until you walk it the miracle will not show up it's called walking of miracles praise the name of the lord this is how you see what god's word in the year 2024 all right ensure that you learn to receive god's word all right with joy with meekness and with faith you learn to know the word of god and the only way you know the word of god is by loving the word and, on, and stop waiting for the love of god to just overwhelm you decide to love the lord here and the way you love the lord is by loving his word that way you get to know his word number three is to understand the word wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom i know that getting get understanding understanding makes your life scalable it makes the things god is doing in your life more scalable and lastly what do you do you use the word of god you act on the word to allow the portals be fully free for the manifestation of the supernatural in your life father we give you praise we thank you father for such a release and deluge of your wisdom tonight through your word we ask that we establish in this truth and in all righteousness in jesus precious name we have prayed amen and amen god bless your hearts thank you for having me thank you wow what a word for more messages connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at powerpoint tribe